Welcome to Back of House, Front of Mind, presented by Healthy Mind Menu. I am Angela. And I'm Paisley, and we will be your hosts. Healthy Mind Menu is an industry-led initiative that recognises a key ingredient in hospitality is its people. Our mission is to improve the lives and normalise conversations around mental health for those working in the hospitality industry. Each episode, we'll be diving into different topics related to mental health and chatting with experts and friends in the industry. So join us, sit back, and let's make sure mental health in the hospitality industry is always on the menu. You can visit our website at healthymindmenu.au for more resources and information, and also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mind Menu. Before we start this podcast, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land on which we are recording today, the Wadjuk people. We would like to acknowledge their elders past and present. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. In this podcast, we'll be speaking to Lockie Sheridan, who you may know as Perth Dude Food across Instagram and TikTok. Lockie has 15 years experience as a chef, beginning his apprenticeship around 2004-2005. He said that he left full-time work in the restaurant world around 2013 and did some catering work after that. He also has experience in business development and food sales as an account manager for a couple of Perth-based food service companies. The emergence of the pandemic prompted a shift for him. He found himself working at Santini Grill and the old laundry, adapting to the changing circumstances. In 2020, Lockie embarked on a playful venture by launching a food-themed Instagram account. This account was a light-hearted response to subpar food bloggers and critics, reflecting his disapproval for those lacking genuine hospitality experience. A unique combination of in-depth culinary knowledge, genuine reverence for the subjects that he captured, and a comfortable familiarity with kitchen settings distinguished his content, making it exceptionally captivating, endearing, and honest. Lockie decided to explore TikTok, initially as a joke. To his surprise, his TikTok presence exploded in popularity. This unforeseen development paved the way for him to shift gears once more, creating food-related content, not only for personal accounts, but also for individuals and businesses. Presently, his days are filled with crafting engaging food content that resonates far beyond what he had initially imagined. Well, thanks for coming on. No dramas. Been really looking forward to this conversation. Been following you for a while now. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was looking at um, on your TikTok. One of the most like viewed TikToks um, is the one with the barbecue, and you're like raiding your brother. Was it brother-in-law? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that just happens. It's I just so started funny. recording, and they went because, and obviously, like everyone's brother-in-law. There's a little bit of history with everyone's brother-in-law, so I can confirm that he definitely deserved that. But um, <laughs> it's just tongue-in-cheek. I laughed. Yeah. But it's funny, I like doing stuff like that. Yeah, so it's nice to see you in RL, in real life. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. And it's like we've been referring to you as Perth Dude Food, but yeah. obviously your name is Lockie, Lockie and thank yeah. you for coming on Lockie, but we no probably still call you Perth Dude Food. That's all right. <laughs> it's better than like uh, I do get stopped and go, hey, you TikTok. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So I will answer to anything. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Good anything. to know. It's high five, yeah, move on. Okay. Well, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about your career and how you got to where you are today? Um, yeah, so I started cooking, uh, I started my apprenticeship in about, I think it was 2004 here in Perth at 44 King Street in the city. I didn't intend to do an apprenticeship. I didn't intend to be a chef. Um, I just wanted to learn how to cook. 
I was doing music before that and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I didn't want to do music and I was just partying, just being an 18-year-old and 19-year-old and mum said, do something with your life. So I, um, I had marks at school to do anything, but I didn't want to do that either. It was like more like more school. So I was like, I, I don't know what I want to do. And she's like, well, what do you want to learn how to do? I was like, well, I don't know how to cook. Honestly, didn't know how to cook anything. Two-minute noodles, I would fuck up. Um, scrambled eggs. I think mum taught me how to do it in the microwave <laughs> and they're absolutely horrible. And it was just like, cool, I successfully did something. They taste like shit. So I was like, wicked. So I did a pre-apprenticeship just thinking that would teach me how to cook. And then I kind of liked it. I liked the way it was structured. It was all a lot of sort of maths driven, all the, you know, ingredients and recipes and things like that. And then through that, I got a job. They put me as an apprentice at King Street and then um, cooked sort of fine dining, French, fine French bistro sort of food for about 10 years full time. And then I guess five years after that, spent doing catering. I thought that would be easier, but it's mainly like heavy lifting. <laughs> that kind of sucked. So I was like, I don't want to do this either. Um, and then what did I do? Oh, I got a job. Like I was a food sales rep for Artisan Foods and Simon Johnson as well. I saw the cheese and things like that. So all food related. So I sort of lucked those jobs, which got me out of chefing, mm. which I appreciate now. At the time I was like, of course I got this job, but it was everyone wants that job. And I think it's just my personality. I just talk to people and be a bit of a, you know, kind of a fun guy, I guess. 2020, I, I finished up at Christmas 2019, just before. Wow, just before COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a good Chrissy. And then although I, didn't want to, I didn't know what I was going to do. But obviously you don't think COVID's going to hit you. And then I did nothing at all. Helps help some mates out with uh, in their kitchens. So you went full free range. Oh, I didn't know what I was going to do. I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> but we're here now. Um, and then what happened? COVID. And I, I was doing three days a week at Santini Grill, just helping out Nick because chefs left or they had to hire chefs that weren't on the free money or whatever or something like that. Free money. Whatever that's called, freeloader, free yeah, money, damn. government, whatever it is. Yes, they put, job yeah, keeper. Job keeper. Uh, yeah. Job, I was on job <laughs> keeper and job that. seeker, yeah. Um, but I enjoyed that because they were just, the government was just giving you money. So I did that and I was in a, because I did, had one chef job and I was a chef, I was essential worker, so I was pretty much could go anywhere in Perth because you're essential. I could just ride the train by myself and, um, so I don't know. I've always hated, <laughs> I've always disliked, um, food bloggers and food critics my whole career. I've, I don't think they can do what we do daily. So I've always had a bit of a chip on your shoulder about a wicked 18 out of 20. Cheers. Even if it's good, I still think it's not good, you know? Um, so I, as a joke, started all my Instagram page as a joke um, and it's all tongue in cheek cold I was taking photos of really good photos of cold food and people were frothing them like it just <laughs> as a joke and then I got good at I just like the photography aspect of it never done it before got good at the videos started a TikTok account exactly the same way as a joke as Wait, like, when did you start the TikTok? Um, 2021 late 2021 okay so it's probably been whatever it is early years. adopter one might say <laughs> I was defi definitely for food. There was there was a couple of good one, good food. Oh, sorry, good Perth TikTokers out there. 
and there's not a lot of men. So that's yeah. what I was taking the piss out of. Just this old homeless looking dad guy just doing what I was doing. I had all this people liked my Insta stories more than they liked my posts for a while. And I had all that video saved up and I just threw it on TikTok and then it went Oh wow. It went ape shit. So it was all just stuff I already had. But through trial and error, like what was like, why did that work? It was just as shit as the other one. And then I was like, you can figure it out. But it's through failing. It's, it's like anything. It's like cooking. You know, you're trying a new dish. It'll suck. Or it might suck. I, you know, you'll still probably think it sucks when it's good. But it's like trial and error. You get it right and then you... Wish. But it's so honest. Like TikTok, well, in, my, in my opinion, it's all about seeing people in the process of their lives. Yeah. You know, that's what makes it so good. You don't want to see the before and after. It's like, well, how'd you do that? What, what are you doing? How are yeah. you learning? How are you living? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found that, and then it was, it's super weird still when people want to see what I'm doing. I find it bizarre. Why? I don't want to know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing daily. I just, and then my daughter got involved like she wanted to. The first one that blew up and I realized that shit, people want to look at this was because um, my face was never on it. It was all just the food. And even then I think I hit sort of 10,000 followers just doing that. No food, no face, no it was really weird. Like it was, it was sort of breaking a little of a bit of a mold. It was sort of like TikTok. commentary behind food. Is that right? I started doing the commentary because there was never any commentary on it either. It was just like I was just making sort of music videos with food. <laughs> it was yeah. So even even like I used to have a joke with my daughter when you go to parent teacher meetings and they're like, "Oh, what do you do?" And I, I used to say all kinds of weird things like, oh, "I make music videos," and they'd be like, "Oh wow, like what do you make?" And I was like, "Oh, TikToks," and they just fucking hate you. <laughs> what? Like they don't know how to they know how to take it now because they've seen my stuff and they know but Lily had an idea my daughter Lily she had an idea she was like can we get a 7-Eleven there's this machine that makes frappes and, and I was like lame let's do it <laughs> but she'd had that idea for a while and I just filmed her making it and then put a commentary over the top because she was so into it I kind of wanted it to work yeah. just to be like you got this and yeah. she was in it so the and that went went ape shit that, that was my first viral one one and a half mil or something like that. Was she like, I told you so? 100%. She's, I knew it. Of course I knew it. It's my only idea and it worked. Yeah, I'm Gen yeah. Z. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have seen you going through drive throughs and stuff on the videos as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Sweet. Yeah. And there, those ones are really easy to make. Yeah. But now people sort of side-eye you because I don't want to be on camera, which I, 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 I don't. waver through the window. I don't do, but I've had a few, like, don't put me on. I had one manager refuse to give me the um, ice cream cone at the Maccas until I deleted what I recorded. But I had she wasn't even on camera. So I was like, I don't know what to say to you. Yeah, it's your hand passing me. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Even though I'm there's five cameras on me in a drive through. Yeah. I, I appreciate True. I'm not trying True. to record you. I didn't think you. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we got here. <laughs> but I'm glad we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So now I just full-time make I get it's like photos and videographer and content and stuff like that for other people for their own channels and things like that. So it's a business for you now, for yourself, uh, making not content the, for self and other. Yeah, I mean the Instagram page is just exists. It just I throw whatever on there. I like photos. Photos work. It's not really there's aims. I I wouldn't call myself a food reviewer. Some of the posts are just like burger. Some of the posts are just like chicken burger. That's it. I think I saw one that was like you just eating chips in the car going. I love the chips. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that is so true. And I think the, the caption was, my, this is my best TikTok ever. <laughs> and then that was it. Yeah. 
People, I don't know why people want to like it either. I think that's why. Something about melted cheese that yeah. everyone loves. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the major um, categories of dude food? Oh, shit. Chips, obviously. Well, okay, well, just r- doing what I do is, yeah, burgers, chips, anything with, like you said with cheese. Like mac and cheese, people just froth mac and cheese. And just big pizzas, I suppose. Any pizzas. But just the making of the food I've got into. Like even even just going down, seeing how food is made, people are into well, some of the biggest videos I've done is just videoing the making of like mozzarella or the tortillas, La Tortilla and O'Connor, just making those. So people are just interested in that sort of thing. And if you can piece it together well, it's all editing and clear. And I shoot in, look, I only just do it on my iPhone, just an old iPhone 12 too. So just everything's on there. So I don't know what other people are doing but so no excuses really is it oh my phone's not good enough i used to punk people too because for a while there that people would um dm me and say shit what what phone sorry what um what camera do you use and i would i would literally google best food photography camera (laughs) in the world just google that and i would whatever came up Uh. and then you would just and they'll be like oh respect um and i'm at the time using a iphone xr (laughs) smash screen whatever and they um and then i'll just further punk them and just sort of scroll with accessories and go, but i use the something something 1080 portrait lens and like wicked like but, i was looking up recently or somebody suggested you know go along and have a look at this um there's a social media seminar where you can learn and i looked at the speakers and i was looking at some of the things and it was like you know how to uh, curate content and how to do this and that and it was like this is just a really overcomplicated version of, of trying to say just be yourself and start making content online. Like just it really do it. doesn't have to be that fancy. Just start it's, doing it. You know, you'll you'll find something. You'll find something that'll click, and it won't be what you think it is. Because I've started a lot of uh, TikTok accounts for businesses, like for them, like managing their accounts, and you never know what's going to work. Yeah. Like I can't explain it. If you're working daily on it, you're like I do this every day. How can why would people be interested in it? Mm. Now they are. So you just got to get over your own cringe. Yeah. Like stop cringing at yourself and just put it out there. Yeah, and it, it is hard throwing yourself out there or throwing your product that you love out there because people will shit on it. At some point, someone will say something, even if it's positive, you might think it's a bit negative. So it is it is a big trust thing and because um, everyone has a voice. So I think that's a big hurdle to get over with business owners as well is that you do need social media for business. There's no getting around it. You need this stuff, you need everything. But throwing it out there because you, you do love it you know I mean it's your baby mm. yeah and you don't want people to sort of not click like as well yeah which no one should care about so what does a what does a day in the life look like from start to finish for you I still wake up at 4 40 a.m what I can't shake that <laughs> wow yeah so I, that was a habit I had to wake up for a job with Simon Johnson I had to wake up at 4 40 I guess I didn't have to but I had to wake up it's a process of checking your phone so it's like the orders have come in you could do that at work at six but i like whatever i like the two hours to do it (laughs) for whatever reason and since then that was in i think i left there in like 2016 or something so i've still had that wake up 440. you've maintained the discipline yeah yeah but i also like it now because you can just chill like in the dark of a bluetooth headphones and it's like a nice time it's just you it's like you do whatever you want i mean for the hour and then I'll put the coffee on and then my daughter will wake up. 
she gets herself ready, so that's cool. Uh, then I take her to school. And then I normally have things I'm doing every day, like record. At the moment, I've sort of stopped doing uh, content creation for others for a little bit. Like I have like spurts where I'll take work. Um, normally I'll just record. I don't handle accounts anymore. I just got too much. So I just make the content, finish it up, put it in a Google Drive, and then they can just do whatever they want with it. I don't post mm. for them or anything like that. Um, so I'll have something like that most days, or I'll just go get a food feed somewhere, or yeah, or just stuff like this. I do a few things at night now, like emceeing things. Like there was a couple of wing competitions I emceed, but I know where people just are. people just they, <laughs> people just set me tasks now because I don't actually have a job role. And then now I'm getting getting into like paid TikToks for bigger businesses, mm. and that's what's what I'm saving for all the podcast studio stuff. So oh, I'm going to use money from job. like I'll use Domino's and Red Rooster money to fund that sort of shit, um, which I think is cool. So like they'll just pay it for one off. They'll approach you and go, "Can you make a video on whatever?" Yeah, of course. And will that be like you being sponsored? Yeah, you just yeah. put paid you just paid post. You've seen them that we paid yep. post, but just on TikTok. Instagram is a joke. I hate Instagram. Yeah, what happened to Instagram? Uh, it, it tried to it to start so with it. Slow. Tried, yeah, it tried to catch up with TikTok. I feel, and they completely muffed it up. That's what I feel. Like most of what goes on there, you don't know who they are. You can't really. TikTok is great for pinpointing your location. Terrible if you're a just a per, normal person on the street because it's so invasive. But for business, it's fucking awesome if you can harness it because they know I'm here right now. And it's all geolocated in your phone, like in the actual. So, like, I could post from Egypt, but it, it'll throw it out to right here where we are right now. But it'll go through your phone, like it, it knows where we are. Well, I know people. People do like obviously there's a following per following on the my Instagram, but the TikTok is where people will literally approach you and say thank you and X amount. They this one stupid little video did X amount for my business. Oh wow! Through the till. So that's what I tell people all the time. Is like, I don't know. It might work. Yeah. There's no promises, but if you kind of you do it thousands and thousands of times, you kind of get a handle on it. And if you want to help people, if you just throw, if you just like maybe an agency that throws videos up there and doesn't think about it, just to say you've done four a week or two a week or whatever, it won't work. You never get. I'm more concerned with, but that comes from hospo background of just wanting, wanting to help, being there, We're wanting know, to be it, know how hard it is. Yeah, well, it's building a community, and that's very much what a hospitality business is. It's trying to build that community of people who yeah. love and appreciate what you're delivering, and it's yeah. the same in the online community. Exactly, but that's what makes um, going back to your question about how do I find these places. That's where I find them through TikTok, through people, literally the public. So it's the easiest thing in the world because. I mean, if someone, if 15 people say a random place, you're like, oh, okay, there must be something about yeah. it. So it's not that it, like I'll blog or I don't even know what to call it, talk on everything. <laughs> vlog? Vlog, yeah, I don't know, flog. It's not really a flog. Yeah, so like <laughs> that's the other thing I used to do is um, play with names of myself. Like I call myself a flogger, I'd got, which people started calling me, but in a mean way. I was like, dude, I've already called myself no, that. It's funny. People who follow you would be floggers, like following oh, really? the blogger. Oh, yeah. Surely. Okay. I just thought floggers, like, it sounds like blogger, but you're a flog. Like, you're a, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and like, I got in the – the funniest thing happened. I got um, – I started calling myself an influenza, spelt with a Z. But obviously people that can't spell yeah. 
saw that as I was big noting myself as an influencer. <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. So I even I leaned into that further. And then like um a few people well not a few, just one person came after me about it and I was like just laughing at it. It's like hilarious. Can you please spell check? Yeah. Do you yeah. remember what life was like pre-phone? Like we're all in the generation where we did not grow up with phones. They were introduced in our lifetime. Yeah. And and how do you balance living in this digital realm versus also being present with also what's around you? Like how do you go with that? I'm okay with it. I just have that mindset. I've always been, if, if I've got one thing to do that day, I'll never get it done. It does, doesn't matter what you do to me, I'll never get it done. <laughs> if, if, if all day, if I've got 24 hours, just to do, just to wash four plates in the sink, it'll never happen. If I've got fifteen things, it'll all get done that day. Like it's just, it, it, it's um, like I have ADHD, and then people have a thing about it, where a lot, almost everyone I've ever worked with in a kitchen has something, you know, like they, everyone has something, and it's just how you harness whatever that is. So like I'm, I can multitask all day, but it calms me down. Mm. It's not like you're throwing at a point. At a point, you will throw too much at me, but I will take on more and more just by design, right? And it helps me. Um, other people want to mm. pinpoint one thing at a time, and I get that as well. Just that I find the ADHD. If there's a lot of things going on, you're like a superhero. It's like superpower. You got one thing going on. You're finding other things to look at. Yeah. So going back to social media there's a lot going on all the time but it doesn't affect it doesn't seem to affect me anyway I haven't found it affecting me yet um, but I can see how it would it's too much like it's far too much but I guess you're also creating content as opposed to always consuming it and they are very different yeah I never go on TikTok and swipe it's the last thing you want to do yeah I always tell even tell people don't don't you're going to ruin your life don't go on there it doesn't <laughs> like it's a, it, obviously it's, it's a weird thing to hear me say but you, you, you've all done it. We've all done it. We've swiped there and then an hour's gone by and you're it's like, trance. shit. And you've actually wasted time and you're just looking at whatever they're throwing at you because you've paused on a dog and now you're watching dog videos and or you've paused <laughs> on someone skiing and for some reason you don't even care about skiing and now you're watching snowboarding and you're like, what the fuck's going on? And then your algorithm changes. Yeah. 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 Ah. yeah. yeah. It's fun to change your own algorithm. It's fun to like... If you <laughs> if you search for just weird shit, whatever the first thing that comes in here, just search for it and then just watch the same video a couple of times and then just start swiping and you'll see the weirdest shit will be thrown out. And that's fun. But you've done that. That's a choice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or especially when your friends are sending you content and then that influences your algorithm. I had yeah. a single friend and she was like going through stuff up and down with guys and then before I knew it, I'm laying in bed and I'm TikTok open and my partner, he's not, he's pretty anti and he's laying next to me. And I open it and the first video is how to gaslight your boyfriend part <laughs> two. <laughs> and like, it's been a joke ever since. He's like, what are you watching on here? I was yeah. like, it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you more dog videos to catch yeah, that Yeah, thank up. you. Labradors, yeah. please. Yeah. My, my Insta feed is um cats and they're because um we've got a cat at home that i kind of have a love hate relationship with so my wife and daughter will send me cat videos as like a bit of a gag like look at this cat video and you're like fuck off but doing that now there's like cat videos like burgers and chips and then someone was sending me um there was a <laughs> at the moment it's volleyball chicks um cats and burgers the volleyball thing, there was like a trend where I was trying to get the right sound. So I was hovering over 
it was just like volleyball, but it was like I wanted the the sound to use for a reel. So then all of a sudden there's just volleyball everywhere, and I don't care about volleyball, man. It's just it's weird that I was like, why is volleyball here? And then I remember I was trying to find that sound. We went through the same thing with trying to get a fry pan sizzling. And we're here in this studio trying to record a tss, and we've got to do it every time. Was it a, a hot tip or a sizzle? Yeah, sizzle I mean, we didn't end up rolling with it, but we laughed about it for oh, a long time. Oh, yeah. The, yep. Well, like you were Googling sizzling pan yeah, sounds. Yeah, we were trying to get sizzling pan sounds and like <laughs> and put them onto manually this. manually making them and then came here like a month or so later and the sizzle sounds were still in this room. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. yeah. It was like Angela going, tss. <laughs> <laughs> giggling at the end, yeah. Um, That's cool. <laughs> I have to ask, do yeah. you eat everything you post or are you a bit more like a – I think of wine tasters and sommeliers yeah. and, you know, they do a, a sip and spit. <laughs> oh, a yeah, lot I know of food <laughs> or do you chew and shit <laughs> yeah so I, I just eat once a day if that so like I haven't eaten today and then I don't know if, depending on if I eat something I'll eat something or I can go the whole day without eating but yeah I do eat it depending on what it is like if you see a big platter shot that'll just be me and a couple of mates or whatever like I'm not eating I'm not eating that much shit I, I can't eat that much stuff like you'll die Yeah. but like mainly my content is you'll see they're just like single burgers or they're just like single fries or something like that, unless it's like a platter shop, but that's been shared. So, or I've eaten that before, if you know what I mean. It's all eaten. Can you tell us a little bit more about the podcast that you're starting? You sort of mentioned that. And, oh, yep. and um, I've seen a little bit on Instagram, but I was like, where is it? Yeah, it's nowhere and yet. I, and then I was like <laughs> opening up different apps and I was like, <laughs> what a tease. <laughs> yeah. Well done. It obviously works, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, sounds <laughs> like it sounds great. The idea is awesome. It was my mate Tim and I doing it. And he's an ex-chef too, turned comedian. And he asked me to come and do his comedy show at Fringe Just Gone in, I think, January, February, whenever it was in Perth, Fringe World Perth. Um, and he had a comedy show called um, The per- uh, uh, Hospitality Comedy Show. Comedy show, And I didn't know what that was, but I, like I do, I just say yes. And it sounds cool. Whatever that is, I'll do it. Right. Um so he got people, ex-chefs, to come up and tell horror stories and then we'd riff off it, like live comedy. Um, and it, we just had, we just hit it off. Like it was, so you'd tell like your most traumatic story, which are funny now. <laughs> Ten years later, are the, the most hilarious stories. But at the time, obviously, you're not doing well. Yep. Right? <laughs> um, but we found we had a like rapport. We would go over the time just chatting about it and it would just banter. It's just chef banter, right? It's just, you never meet someone, but it's like a, this weird brotherhood. Yeah. You know, like, you kind of know what you're talking about. Nothing is going to uh, offend you when you say it to him. You know, it's just... Um, so I had a story, um, and, yeah, he told on stage, riffed it back, and that was the basis of the show. He's toured with it to Melbourne, but that was the basis of the podcast is we just t- chat shit about and chefing. The, and the name of the podcast? Oh, it's called No Crying in the Cool Room, and that's... I. Th- <laughs> There was two people that mentioned that name to us uh, without being prompted as well, like two different – like, yes, yeah, so, so, uh, chefs. Um, ben from Little Loaf and um, Blaze from New Ruin, they both said the same thing. They're like, she just called it crying in the corner room. And I was like, why did you talk to each other? You know, like <laughs> – but it was, we, it was a name we had as well. And we were like, no crying in the corner room because you just need those – I think it's a very um, – it's a very familiar – thing like it's very it hospitality like if, if you're if you've never been in hospo you you won't know what that means i've cried in the cool room tim's like yeah you know like or you at least if you haven't cried you've at least sat there and gone kind of welled up a bit like fuck i need five seconds just by yourself where else do you go 
ultimately you'd pr- the ultimate thing to do is go outside but you know it's like during service or something so it's more um it's like shared trauma essentially was that name and that's kind of what it was about but we found just chatting about shit that's happened to us was like th- um therapeutic mm. just chatting to another bloke or anyone uh, that's been through the same thing in a different state in a different country it's the same thing it's like shared trauma it's but it's you don't feel like it's trauma at the time it's like when you got out of it now i've got out of it i'm like fuck me what was i even doing or how does everyone put up with that like what was some of that like oh just like just chefing every day just like even like when the docker machine goes there's that classic one where the docker machine goes off and you just get fucking chills like even when the microwave <laughs> goes off at home i'm like where the fuck's getting that like it's in my head i don't say it out loud now i used to well i don't say it out loud now but it's still like triggers the doorbell rings order up no. yeah like who's getting that has anyone got up like the fuck yeah um lo- just long hours and just just everything just being um just getting through it like being like th- you know like third degree burns you just deal with it just every day being hot every day banter being abused um, even if you don't like giving out abuse, you don't feel like it's abuse. It's just how you work um, or it's how you learn to work. I guess that's a different, maybe that's a different generation or maybe it's where I learn it, but he was the same. Yeah. You just get, I don't know. Just, mm. Yeah. But the world needs chefs. What can mm. we do to, you know, help resolve some of these issues? And so th- those war stories are always going to be there yeah. and it's great to be able to share them, but how can yeah. we actually make it a better environment for chefs to work in? Well, number one, you're always, you're always by design short-staffed. Even when you've got a full team, you're always short-staffed and that's to cover your food cost margins because like, they're high, especially at the places I used to work at, like f- more of a fine dining well, you're only you're like you're, you're struggling for like sort of twenty five percent food cost, and everyone's telling you you want to get it lower, 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 lower. So by taking having, so you're always doing too much, or too much you can handle. Just so I don't know how to solve that other than yes, you need an employee all the time, but then uh, the wage cost will go up, your food cost has to go up. No, people will start complaining about the food, yeah, the cost of the food. You know what I mean? It's like a it's a cycle that we dealt with. I mean, when I was sort of like sous chef, head chefy sort of roles, you just deal with that every day. And um, I think it takes a person that actually gives a shit to say, okay, you can have the night off or, you know what I mean? But I think you are always going to be short-staffed. I don't know what it's like now, though, since COVID. I haven't worked full-time in kitchens, you know. I don't, I don't know how to solve that yeah. because that is, that is probably, a vicious circle. Probably worse because the award rates just went up which means that yep. you know there's more pressure because the cost of food has also gone up. So yeah. the same things that you've said have actually been exacerbated over the last few years yep. and people are needing to try and do more with less because cost of living has gone up for the customers so they're not yeah. willing to pay more when they go to you know, get the, get a steak and chips they're not going to pay $40. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tricky because in Australia we're quite lucky that we have the highest hospitality award rates in the world. Yeah. It means that we've also got a, that high cost for the customer, but yeah, and I know apprenticeships have gone up. Yeah, exactly. Apprenticeship um, <laughs> yeah. wages have gone up, which they need to. Yeah, they do to yeah. encourage yeah, more people. In that the was industry. slave labour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that when I started, it was five fifty, five twenty-five, and then I got a pay rise straight away to five fifty. <sighs> it was cool, eh? 
And then, um, but then I was a, I was like mature age. So I started when I was twenty, which is mature. Mature age. Yeah. So when I turned twenty-one, I got a pay rise just because it was on the books as a pay rise. So instead of taking seven forty-three home a week, I was taking three eighty-seven home a week. Like that was that was mature age, like wage living on wage. Like what the fuck? Wow. Yeah. But, yeah. And then I don't know why. It's just a. But even then I was doing, you're supposed to, well, that was the set wage and then you're supposed to get paid overtime after that. But obviously, you, know, you don't, you know, I didn't even get paid super at that place. Um, so I was doing seven, at least 70 hours, 60, 70 hours and getting paid for like 30, you know, 37.5, something like that. Yeah. Completely so, overworked. Yeah. But everyone was, you just whinge about it. And normalize it at the same time, right? So. Yeah. And yeah. Who, who's tougher than who? Who doesn't care? Who who, do, who cares the least about the conditions is like the toughest person. Doesn't make any sense. Did yeah. that have an impact on your well-being at the time? Um, yeah, but yeah, but I liked cooking. I still love cooking. I don't know why I love cooking. I should hate the shit out of it. So it went passion over pressure, I guess. Yeah. So and that's where you get them. That's where you get people. Is that you can't do that if you don't care about what you're doing, uh, or maybe you need the money. Or something. There's got to be something there where about three dollars an hour. Yeah, but exactly. But like, if you're, yeah. But what I mean is now, if you're getting thirty-five an hour, and you're going to do the sixty hours, I get it. Mm. I get it. Like in, it's it's money. Everyone needs money. At the time, you're purely driven on passion and the care for the, um, and the places I was working at, they had the best produce, and you it was drilled into you where it came from, and how it was farmed. And why you were using it, and also, so it's very interesting. And the menu would change; half the menu would change every week, which is crazy. But it was a great place to, as an apprentice. It was perfect. Um, horrible, well, nice people, but horrible chefs. They were all like ex Michelin chefs from London. They came, and I was like, <laughs> but like the learning curve there was crazy. Mm. It was crazy. Like a year, I was running kitchens as a second year. Just yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? But Brain then keeps going back to the bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only watched. Someone was talking to me about that today. People keep um, recommending I watch that. Well, like, it's locked in the cool room, so it could be a um, yeah, right. know, good lead what, into what your podcast. What platform do they um, stream that on? It's on Netflix, I think. Is it the bear? Is what we say? Oh no, oh, FX. Dis- is it Disney? Yeah, oh, it's guys. Disney because it's FX, <laughs> the channel FX. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. But I, <laughs> I actively don't watch those shows because I don't like them. They're never realistic. They're always overblown they're always fl- like fluffed around but like all my mates all my chef mates like you gotta watch it i think this is the most accurate that i've seen That's what and been told, it yeah. does yeah touch on a lot of those kind of issues that we hear about and I, obviously there's the great uh cool room scene so. <laughs> i did watch the first episode and what i remember they did a good job of the filming and you felt the anxiety yeah. i remember that and I kind of wasn't into it, but you know what I mean. Like I was like, "Fuck off!" Have yeah. done this? But but <laughs> like, I don't know how they made. I don't know how they managed that. But for the so I planned, and then the second season came out. So I plan on like binging the whole lot. If it's what people say it is, yeah. So yeah. over your um, hospitality career, and even now, is there somebody who's had a great influence on you, or did you have a mentor? Um, my first head chef was awesome, Dion. Awesome, hard guy. But he would take – he would doesn't matter what he was doing or how angry he was at something, he would always take the time to go, okay, you don't actually know what you're doing. He would show you and he'd 
show you twice you fucked that up it's over but whatever um but he at least took the time to explain you didn't just go cut this and then you did that shit or something he would just he would show you how to cut himself but he would take the time and you you knew he was under the pump but he would take the time and i found that was um something i do i did my whole career after that is have that remembering what it was like to be an apprentice remembering the other people that didn't take the time Mm. and just choosing okay where do you want you want to be that guy or you want to be that guy like which which avenue do you want to go down like where's the nicest way you know and then apprentices will work for you and people will work with you and they like working with you even if dude i've said some horrible things to people and they've said them horrible things back you know during service but the next day good morning like that's it it's like that's what i find about social media as well is that people are on their keyboards and they don't see people face to face whereas in the kitchen it's over it's like what's what's up mate and you get it done Resolve it's, it's it. fucking over and you need each other and then the next day you're fine to a point but like I find face to face like it's everything's you find ways of doing it all but that was what Dion was great at as well it's like what's up man like asking actively asking not how you are not how your girlfriend is not what's happening at home it's just how what do you how what's going on you're right and you just say it and he's like all right now I know Mm. and then it because he obviously cared but he had a lot to do and he had four apprentices at that place and things like that. But mm. I found that, and that's what I would do as well. Okay. Even if it was just you and that person in the courtroom, not public, not putting him under a bus, like you can't handle it, just going, what's up? Do you need a hand? Or I'll grab that off you. Just recognising you need. He would just grab jobs off me and just do them real fast. Um, but then you'd feel bad. <laughs> you'd feel like, shit, I should have done that faster or... But you would just learn over time, right? Yeah, but he was a great. Um, but I think the the difference between seeing the difference between how Dion acted in the kitchen and other chefs, it was like, oh, okay, I want to be like that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that. This arsehole's out there. I don't want to be like that guy. He at least had a um, head on his shoulders and cared about everything. Cared about the food. He showed me how to care about food too. How to handle it. How to, you know. It, it's it's one thing to say don't bruise that lettuce it's another thing to know why or if you bruise it now it'll it'll cut a day of its life off you don't want to do the job twice you know what i mean um all that sort of stuff and like care about that these were living people that people these were living animals or um mollusks or scallops or beef or these were at some point these were living things that just sort of treat it with a bit of at least a bit of care, like throw it around, yep. wrap it properly, keep it in its environment. Yeah, yeah, it's all that sort of stuff. So I'd say him. There's been a couple along the way, but uh, that was a great – I was just lucky to have someone like that when I was an apprentice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like really good role modelling and leadership there. Yeah. Care yeah. was the key thing that kind of came out from that. Yeah, and he would he would stand up for you with the boss was the main thing. Other people would just be like, they can – Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, well – it's nothing to do with me well I don't want to get involved he was actively just to step in and handle it and yeah that was cool but he didn't need to you could see other people not doing it just he didn't need to do all of this sounds like a really good guy (laughs) yeah he's still like he's still we still chat every now and then he's in Melbourne now but um yeah it's great yes I'd say him obviously my dad and mum very supportive um 
but as as far as um, hospitality goes, yeah. Mm. Because you entered the hospitality, like you said earlier, you entered the industry wanting to learn the life skills. Yeah, I wanted to know how to cook a steak, mashed potato or something. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but I was like, fuck it, teach me that. Yeah. And I ended up just, yeah, bombing it all. Just within a year, I was just, I feel like I knew everything within a year. Because you had to do, at the place I was at, when you, as an apprentice, you have to do night baking as well. Um, I think once once a week. Oh yeah, so we had a night baker. So everything everything at that place was in house. So on the other side of the venue was a fully. It's like um, bread in common. You know, you can buy bread yep. from there. There's a bakery as well as they use their own stuff. So that was one of the first ones in Perth. We could actually just go buy a sourdough loaf that was made, and we would use all of that, and we would make the dough. So we would, once a week, you would have to. Um, I think he, he got there the baker got there when you left and then he opened up for the breakfast guy in the morning so you would do that shift and then sometimes if someone called in sick you would do whatever that is 22 hours yeah yeah um, but that's a good skill yeah absolutely it's a great skill so it keeps you involved because you're like fuck I don't know how to make bread what it's is it's all weird when you get there. Like, Why is it so weird? But yeah. even just like like the life skills you learn in general from being in hospitality, yep. whether that's even if you're front of house, you're going to learn about cooking just by being around and seeing food yep. plated and served, and you know what goes in. Um, and when we look at the pillars of mental health and well being, nutrition and food is it's a key part yeah. of our lives. And it's amazing how many people can go up till 60, 70 years of age and have no concept of cooking, nutrition, yeah, preparation, ingredients. Yeah. The people that don't eat vegetables get me. And that's <laughs> like, obviously, I barely, if you look at, I mean, social media back to there, I don't really go post veggies, but I eat them all the time. I fucking love them. But it's like uh, uh, the people that don't, I just think it's one of those things I've normalised. Like my, if you ask my, if ask my daughter what her favorite, what do you want for dinner? She'll always say broccoli, cauliflower, fucking something else. It's never like chicken with cheese. It, she, she never starts with the, with the protein. She never starts with the. I don't know. I think we've done a good job there somehow, but um, I think that's through liking it, liking the food, and actually. Um, but I don't get the people that don't eat the veggies. I think that's just a maybe it's a parent thing. Or bad, but, but that's probably badly cooked. Yeah, bland. Because like, like, I hated Brussels sprouts, but they're my favourite food now. Oh, they're oh, so, so good. They're so yeah. good. <laughs> but my, but uh, like, um, it was either my mum or my dad would boil the shit out of them so they taste like yeah. fucking poison. They just farts. Yeah, 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 and it stinks. <laughs> yeah, and they're mushy for no reason. You're like, it's I don't want to no eat good. this shit. Yeah, yeah. and they're not green anymore. Yeah, no, they're not. I guess what differentiates you from other influencers is that you care about the process of yep. what goes from, you know, farm to kitchen to plate yep. and you document that process as well as much as possible. Yep. It's not the end product. It's not the design. It's not the garnish. There's yep. only so many flowers you can put on a stack of pancakes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that's what really shows through. And you know, you were saying before about the the tortillas and you know yep. the cheese and just different things like that. And I think that that's really wonderful. And your background in you know chefing would yep. inspire that. And hopefully, inspire other people to want to enter the industry. Yeah, absolutely. It's also it's also the comfort I have in the kitchen. Obviously, you just walk into a kitchen. It's like it's you've never left. So I'm always, I'm not, I'd like to know that, I'd like to feel like I'm never in the way. Yeah. I'm always, I'm not, I don't bring a film crew. It's literally my, (laughs) 
You know what I mean? So when when people, I, I get like approached to film. So they've never seen me film. They've never seen me in person. Sometimes they've never. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, even that is bizarre. But that's a level of, like you say, they've seen all my mm. shit. Like, it's the trust there. You're not gonna like. If there's a dirty detail in the background. You'll never see it. Like that sort of shit. It it'll look. Yeah. The it'll way look good. I wanted to make. I just want to make the, whatever the f- how, how good the food is look as good as it tastes or look as good as someone's tried it, tried to and mm. try to explain that. The different yes, it looks white, but the difference is they've used banister down milk or something like that. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's a, there's a difference why this yes, it looks like other things, but here's and to do that, the back the background of the filming and trying to make it look just as crisp as possible. Mm. I don't think people see in Perth here. There are I mean there are definitely shows like um, uh, State on a Plate and things like that that do a good job of showing you backgrounds and things like that. But as far as literally seeing it like point of view stuff mm. you'll never see that unless you go like I do and go places mm. you'll never see that so I quite like doing that that's why I started and you also have to want to do it because it can fail you have to want to just ignore clicks yeah. and and just see what happens and that's why it's good that you love what you do because yeah. then even if uh, someone's not getting around it you enjoyed the process you just move on to the next thing yeah okay <laughs> Yeah. Well, we like to close out the session with a question, yeah. which is, what does healthy hospitality mean to you? Um, yeah, that is, that's a rough one. It's loaded. Yeah. yeah. You love loaded fries. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit too much. Um, I, th- I think the, yeah, I don't know. That goes back to the, um, what we were talking about is how do you solve um, overworking and things like that but I think it's all mental because anyone can so if you if you could if you could have time like even we never I used to never get breaks no one ever got a break it's just having the break recognising that you need it you might not w- even want it because you want to do the prep or do whatever just there has to be someone there to say this matters sit outside do whatever the fuck you want for half mm. an hour, 40 minutes. It means a lot. Going outside is crazy good for you. Like I found that just chefing accidentally because because I wanted to not be around those people for 15 minutes. But being in the sun, you're not in the sun. You know, I don't know. It's something about it. Um, and just having that time, just reset, yeah. I don't, know how, I don't know how to get there. I don't know how people can get there. But I think if you keep talking about it and people keep wanting to do it, there's heaps of chefs wanting to do it. It's just hard getting there because with the you know, food food costs rising, wage costs, people not wanting to pay because they can't afford it as well. But healthy, I don't know no, if that answers the question at all. Yeah, I think you've answered it really well. Beautiful. And before we finish up, when does this podcast go to – when can we tune yeah. in? So, yeah, well, We're all hanging. <laughs> we're all crying in the cool room You've waiting now. More followers than us and you haven't even launched I'm yet. Stupid, eh? <laughs> Come I stupid, eh? Come I am sneakily good at, like, that marketing thing oh, as well. Just, man. like, just being an absolute tease. But um, <laughs> uh, the answer to that is we would have done it already, but there was more interest than we thought. And then um, – yeah, and then uh, we're building our own studio. So now we've pushed that back. Ooh. When I say, it sounds more, it sounds um, better than it is. It's just like a room at my parents' house in Duncraig that no one's in, which is cool because we can do whatever we want with it. 
but that's yeah, that's where we're at. Was it the old study or something? You know, we always it take was. over. Yeah, it was. Yeah, study. well, he's got three rooms there. Um, that's nothing's nothing's happened to. So we're gonna do that. So it keeps getting pushed back. We've got like twenty guests. They're off. When you uh, when you tell people what you're doing, when you tell chefs what you're doing, they instantly want to talk. Cause it's it's just fun. It's like tell me a a shit story, <laughs> and we'll just talk about it because it's fun. But um, like like yourselves, it's very therapeutic yeah. to talk. Like you, you will go down. You don't know because you don't know where you're going to go. Mm. Just let let it come out, and then you'll go, and you all have a story about something blowing up in your face or trip. You know, whatever it is, mm. whatever it is, you've all been through it. So that's what we liked about it. But it is fucking hilarious to chat, talk shit. <laughs> Just well, talk shit. We're so glad you found your voice because it's hilarious and entertaining right. and also insightful. All right. Cheers. Thank Appreciate you. it. No Thanks so much. They say that you're only as good as the content you consume. So thank you for making the healthy decision to listen to Back of House Front of Mind today, presented by Healthy Mind Menu. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe and also follow us on social media. If you know somebody who may benefit from this podcast, please share with them. See you at the next one.